come on, guys. And I always tell the team, I was, they're not allowed to put videos up before I start talking that make me want to cry. <laughs> but every time there's a video, I feel like I'm going to start, start crying. Um, here's what I want to do. I want to just pray over the boxes we are sending. Our team is able to, we've packed and got collected for 300 boxes. Uh, they are going to be headed out or sent out. Did we send those out just yet? They're going out. Uh, either this week or next, they're going to be going out. Uh, and so I want to pray over those boxes. But I have a testimony over the boxes. And then we'll pray over the offering here uh, as well. So the testimony over the boxes is this. So the youth group last month uh, assembled the, the actual box itself, right? The boxes come flat, and you've got to put them together and assemble them into an actual shoebox. And so they did that. And we had this discussion, or somebody had a discussion, as to where we should put the shoeboxes in the youth room to store them until it was ready for us to actually, for the team to go ahead and pack them up. And so we had decided, or the team had decided in this one corner over by the decision, or the youth room stage, formerly the decision room, the youth room stage downstairs in the basement. Well, how many of you remember uh, the rain that came just a few weeks ago? Yes, you guys remember this rain? Well... In the past, sometimes the youth room would get some water in it. Well, let's just say it rained and rained and rained, and let's just say the youth room got a lot of water in it. And so if you're familiar with the youth room, the water came down the wall, came onto the stage, and came out off of the stage, all onto the carpet. And the whole room, just there was water everywhere from every side. There was water on this wall. There was water on this wall downstairs. There was water everywhere. And of course, there was a big cleanup project we were working on. But can I tell you something? <laughs> Not a single box got wet. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it literally, the water, it was, it was actually... I'm not sure if it was physically possible, other than, I mean, the Lord ha obviously had to work at that. The water, like, came out, and they were packed over again in the corner. The water came out, kind of went around the boxes, and then, like, kept going out. And there was enough water that it should have backtracked a little bit. I know it slopes down a little bit. It absolutely should have backtracked, but it literally just went around. So at one point, when the water was coming in, I considered... My faith was not here yet. I considered getting the boxes and putting them on the stage and just seeing if I could stop the water or God would stop the water based on the boxes. I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I thought about it. But we left them there in the corner, and you know what? How good is God? Not a single box. All 300 of them were dry. Uh, we had a few notebooks that got wet, but I'll tell you what. God is awesome. So I want to pray for those uh, boxes. I also want to pray over um, our, our tithes and offerings here. And if you want to give, you can give, you know, there's a box in the back, there was up here you could have given. You can also give online. I know a lot of people are still watching online. Uh, you're able to give online. You can go to our website and give, or you could text. Uh, you just have to send a text to 84321, pretty easy. Uh, and then it'll walk you through a setup on how to give uh, via text message as well. But Romans eleven sixteen says this. I love this. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. Meaning, all of it. All of it is holy. All of it is holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And I believe God is just, just encouraging us here that when we tithe, when we give, when we go above and beyond, and we give offerings, and we, you know, grab ornaments off, and we give $2 for the ornaments, what he is just wanting to show us that if you honor him, 
in your finances and you trust him in your finances and you give those first fruits to him. He actually says, based on that scripture, that all of it becomes holy and set apart for him. The whole 100%, not just the 10%, but all of it. I mean, imagine that. I always do, like, I'm, I'm an engineer by background. A lot of you guys know that. Like, I love math. I love statistics. I love numbers. I love spreadsheets. And I'm always just like, 100% is always more than 90. But somehow, in our life, God has been so faithful that when we give, and we give our tithes, and we go above and beyond, he constantly stretches the 90 to go farther than the 100%. And I don't have a spreadsheet or calculator or anything else that can figure that out. But I have this. <laughs> and this is all I need to figure that out. Excel can't do it, but the Bible does and can because he is good. So let's pray for the boxes and over our tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the miracle of the water moving around the boxes. Father, we thank you that all 300 boxes are blessed, that wherever they go all around the world, Father God, that they will just reach the student, the young child that you want to have that box. And that you will just move them with excitement, Father, and just compassion that they will know how much you love them. And that when that gospel message is presented to them, Father, I'm praying for all 300 salvations. I'm praying that every box has a salvation. We'll never know. We'll never know the count or exactly how it all went out. But Father, that's what we're believing for. And not just our 300, but the millions upon millions of boxes that are going out around the world. So, Father, we know that this world needs Jesus. And, Father, we get to participate in that even just in this small way. So bless those boxes as they go. Bless every person's tithes and offerings this morning. Father, we thank you that we can trust in you. And, Father, I just pray that this message will honor you and lift you up and provide vision for the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, uh, turn with me. Go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to uh, say a few scriptures before I get to Acts chapter 2. I've got my handy-dandy whiteboard back up here. Uh, I know you probably can't read it from, this, from where you're at, especially if you're at like a bad angle and there's some reflection. But I will say everything that I has put up there. And I started on this whiteboard two weeks ago. And what I want to continue where I left off about where we see this church moving forward. Where do we see us moving towards? Because in a time of everything that's going on, we need to know where the church is going. And we need to have a hope in Jesus Christ and be connected into a church so that we have what God can only give, which is his peace, his comfort, his community, and his family. And I want to walk through stuff that God has laid on our heart for the church, specifically Erie Christian Fellowship Church, and what it looks like moving forward. But I want to read two scriptures, not out of Acts just yet. Just keep, stay right there with me. I want to read Proverbs 29, 18 first. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, where there is no understanding of what the future looks like, the people cast off restraint, or they lose hope, or they perish. You understand that, I mean, there, were, there are two different parties that gave their best pitch for whatever the future might look like. Honestly, I'm way more excited about what this future looks like. I, am, I mean, a lot of times, the two parties, they were just hoping somebody else would lose this decision 2020. But I'm telling you, this is our decision 2020. 
This is where we have to decide, am I in or am I out? Do I believe in the future of this church and where this church is headed? And will I connect with that? And will I participate in that with my time and my efforts and my resources? And so I've been calling this our decision 2020. Time for us to make some decisions. In Habakkuk uh, 2, verses 2 and 3, Habakkuk, let me just read that. And this scripture is actually, uh, if you walk into our, up the main, the main row here, or the main doorway when you come into the church, there's a plaque on the right-hand side. And the plaque is honoring our founding pastors, Pastor Jim and Pam Dumont, who led this church for 30 years. And their call was to move to Erie, become established, and to build a great church. And that's written on there. But the scripture that's written on there is this scripture. It says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets or whiteboards or on, on screenshots and on, on websites or wherever we do that today. Answer, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may what? Run who reads it. A vision, some, it should be something that we get excited about that makes us want to run. And the interesting thing is we've already talked this morning about, I, don't, I love to run. Well, I don't actually love to run. But in reality, I like to go after something, but I don't want us to get too far ahead of what God has in store for us. So I want to, I want to cast this vision this morning in the next couple weeks as we move forward to begin to get you excited, but I want to run in God's timing. I want each of you to run in God's timing and what he has called you to do and what, how he is calling you to participate in this vision. That he may run who reads it, next verse. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it surely will come and it will not tarry. Amen? This vision, we've had, there's been prophetic words, actually somebody mentioned it this morning. There's been prophetic words over our church for a multitude of years and I truly believe that many of those, uh, many of those prophetic words, all of them really truly will ultimately uh, come to pass. Okay, so I have a question for you before I read Acts chapter 2. Any Penn State fans in here? Yeah. yeah, come on. Any Penn State fans? Okay. So what happens if you're a Penn State fan and somebody says, we are? Okay. So you know exactly what to do if you're a Penn State fan when someone says, we are Penn State. We are Penn State. So there's this chant that they do, and of course the stadiums aren't full right now, but there's 110,000 people in Beaver Stadium, and half of the side says, we are, and the other half yells, Penn State, and they go back and forth, and it's just an amazing experience. Well, guess what, church? In the future, when I say we are, I want you to be able to have things that roll off of your lips and off of your mouth of what Erie Christian Fellowship Church is. Amen? It needs to be something that you're a part of so much so that when someone says, well, what is the church doing? What's it all about? You're able to say it just like that. Amen? I'm going to give you a bunch of different ones. It's probably too many. I probably have failed like the vision course in my MBA that says, you need to keep it simple like we are Penn State. It's not super simple. There's going to be multiple things. But then you have options of what you can say, okay? You have options. So one of the things we say we are, we would say we are Erie Christian Fellowship Church. And the interesting part is somebody asked if we were going to change our name. 
No, we're not going to change our name. We're in Erie. We're Christian. We like to fellowship, and we're a church. Okay? So we are Erie Christian Fellowship Church. Amen? That's what we're going to do. And then the other tagline we have underneath there is what we call a family church. And I want to explain that a little bit. I truly see family church as being what our culture is. What is our culture? And you think of a healthy family. In a healthy family, there's a culture of love. There's a culture of respect. There's a culture of fun. There's a culture of truth. And a lot of times in families, sometimes you don't want to hear the truth. But as a family, sometimes we need to speak the truth. And we need to speak the truth in love. So when we say we are, we could say we are a family church. And we can begin to see what that looks like, because we are Erie Christian Fellowship Church. And that is who we are. The next thing I want to point out is if you look at our logo up there, and I'm going to get to something here in a little bit, look at our logo for a minute. And I know you can't see that up here, but I have this logo sort of dr uh, drawn here on this whiteboard. Basically, I got a circle with, an e with a cross in the middle of it. And I've said this before that the Lord has, I believe, has called us. He gave me a vision of the different places that we personally have lived. And that I believe that these two, that this cross, that you can see it on our logo, makes up the two major throughways of Erie, Pennsylvania, which is across Route 90 and down Route 79. And every time you see that logo somewhere, whether it's on a t-shirt, whether it's uh, on the church building, or whether it's on you know, a piece of paper that you have, I want you to remember that there's a cross. And that cross represents, first and foremost, Jesus Christ. That the word of God is at the middle of everything that we do. Nothing changes that. We as a church stand on this word and on this word alone. That no matter what time we're in, a transition time or an end time or whatever time, we can stand on this word. For this word is truth. And the cross represents that, Jesus and who he is. So we'll never forget that cross. But the cross also represents those two throughways that come through Erie, Pennsylvania. And I believe we're called to reach a lot of that area. And today I'm going to start talking about the how. I'm just going to finish up here in a minute about what we see, and we're going to start talking about the how, how we're going to go do that. And then I've got these four quadrants. So that circle breaks up into four quadrants. And these are the things I began talking about two weeks ago, and I truly want to go into each one in a deeper way over the next couple weeks so we know exactly what that means and what that looks like. But the first one is to see the lost saved. Everybody say, the lost saved. I believe that there is such, there's a personal component of this and there's a church component of this. And I believe that each of us has a part to play in both of them. Not everyone is going to be a street evangelist, I get it. But I want you to come back in the following weeks because I really want to dig into that. The lost saved, when I say that, I want you to begin to think of, of not just sharing the gospel message, but an outreach of the church to the community. And I believe what we just looked at, that video of these Operation Christmas Child boxes, is a perfect reflection of us being able to go out and reach beyond Erie County by things that we can go do. And I see this lost saved. I see this, and I'm going to draw on the whiteboard next week about it, regarding it. But I see it as both being local and global. I see us as a church reaching both local, which is, of course, this area, 
represented by that cross and the, and the Route 79 and Route 90. But I also see it as being global as well. And I want to know, I want to show you ministries that we are supporting over the next couple weeks so you understand where those ministries fit in what we are trying to go do up here, which is the lost saved, which is reaching people for Jesus Christ. And truly, everything that we do, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, I'm not going to go there just yet. Okay, the lost saved. The next one that I truly believe as a church, as we are going to see more and more of, is the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit to see the sick healed. Everybody say the sick healed. I mean the physical sick, the emotional sick, the spiritual sick. I truly believe God's supernatural, miraculous, Holy Spirit power is going to pour out more and more and more and more. And we are going to see miracles, we're going to see signs, we're going to see wonders. We're going to see God do miraculous things. And the interesting thing is, is there will be believers that have gotten healed and they'll be thanking God for it and it'll kind of move them into like, man, I'm trusting God even more. And I believe there will be unbelievers. I believe there will be unbelievers who have not yet given their lives to Jesus that God will supernaturally touch them, physically heal them, and they will end up coming up into this category and becoming saved. I believe that he, when he moves, a lot of times he moves to what I call arrest the attention of the unbeliever. And my goal, our goal here on Sunday mornings, the primary goal of a Sunday morning is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. To be in God's presence and then to equip the saints to go do the work of the ministry. So that they don't have to come here to see the sick healed. You don't have to come here to see the lost saved. You don't have to come here to see lives transformed or families thriving. You can see that happen everywhere that you go. And that we are sent in his timing, in his perfect way, to the places that he has called us to be. The next one is lives transformed. Again, this is like a, a symbol of our logo. You can see the four different quadrants. I always point out that, you know, some quadrants look bigger than the others. You know what? Sometimes God has us focus more on one thing versus another and then switches it around. So don't worry about the, you know, our logo not being perfectly, uh, you know, symmetrical. Lives transformed, which I believe is discipleship. God has called us in the Bible to make disciples. And I believe that this is a primary thing that the church has to equip people to be able to go do. And then families thriving. What I mean by families thriving, again, I'll do this, probably I'll, I'll spend a week on it. But families thriving is the actual biological families thriving, marriages thriving, you know, parenting, understanding parenting, having that thriving as well. But I'm also talking about thriving in the sense that people being stirred up for adoption. People being stirred up to begin to foster children. And the Lord has spoken clearly to me. He gave me this word called the least of these. And if you do the actual, you know, the, the breakdown of what the least of these is, uh, it's actually talking about the, the Hebrew people. But what I believe that he meant to me personally, the least of these is children. And I believe that we as a church are called to reach children. We've had words and visions of hundreds of children out on this property. Of all colors, sizes, backgrounds, financial backgrounds, whatever it is. Reaching the least of these, both here and globally. Which again is why we participate in OCC. So, 
around the outside here, I'm going to end with this here, and then I'm going to get into what I, what I want to share this morning, is prayer, partnership, and not pizza. Pizza was the call last, last time. Like, what's the last P? Is it pizza? No, it's not pizza. It's participation. Well, for, if you come to youth, you get pizza. Okay. It's participation. It's participation. Prayer, partnership, and um, participation. The circle can't work. The things in here cannot work unless it is covered by prayer, unless there are partnerships that happen. We can't do all this ourselves. We can't reach a million people across the We have to partner with people. We partnered with Erie First last Sunday night and had an amazing worship service. Amen? We partner with the City Mission. We partner with the Women's Care Center. And maybe you don't even know these things, but as we get into that one specifically, I'll, I'll kind of share all that stuff with you. But this participation, I need you guys. I need you. I can't do it. I got kids. I got stuff. <laughs> I got to take care of my stuff. Sometimes I got to pick up leaves. I need each and every, a lot of leaves. I need each and every person doing what God has called them to do, to participate in what is going on at Erie Christian Fellowship Church. So let me read Acts chapter 2, because all of this is scriptural. All of this comes out of the Bible. This is not just like my idea. I woke up with one day and said, hey, it'd be cool if a church could do these things. <laughs> this is the book. This is Acts. This is the book in the Bible that talks about the church in Acts. This is what it says, starting in verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved. Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, lives being transformed. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Hallelujah. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs. Sick being healed were done through the apostles, through the church. Now all who believed were together. They had all things in common, sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. And so I want to pick up on verse 46. I want to go to verse 46. I know I said go back to that slide, but let's pick up in 46. Listen to this. So continually daily, daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. Look at this. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Notice a couple things that's in that passage right there. They got together as the church. They gathered as the church. They gathered as a church in the big setting, and they gathered as the church in a smaller setting. They broke bread day to day in their homes. And I'm telling you, church, the future of ECS as we move forward is you breaking bread together with each other in homes. Not just on a Sunday morning. Church, I'm telling you, church is more than just a Sunday morning. 
And I believe as we navigate this future and as we go forward, we, each and every one of us, have to be connected into the body of believers with other believers. On, not just on a Sunday morning. We have to be connected with other believers. Why do I say that? Turn with me to Hebrews verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, and we'll start in verse 23. And I kind of scribbled in this middle here. And this middle basically means, I call this kind of the gathering of the saints. Because when we gather and we come together, whether it be for prayer, whether it be to reach the lost, to see the sick healed, families thrive, and we have to participate in this, and we have to come together. Everyone has a personal walk with the Lord. Everyone has things they, have, they go do, they spend their personal devotional time. But I am telling you, church, God is calling you to be in community with each other. You cannot do discipleship on only a Sunday morning. There has to be more. You have to be looking at me this morning and saying, who am I connected with in this church? I'm not talking about just going to a small group or just going to a community group. Those are good. Those are important. I highly encourage you to go to one of them. There's a rack card in the lobby. There's the women's group meets on Saturdays and the men's group, and there's groups meeting in homes. Those are great things, but I'm encouraging and challenging each and every one of you is to be connected with somebody in this church. Because you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to divide us. The enemy wants to separate us. And do you think that the rising of this virus that is coming at us and these numbers going up, you don't think it's going to be a challenge to continue to try to do things as the body of Christ? We have to stand firm and stand strong, and we have to be able to gather, not just as a large gathering, but in small gatherings in our home. Because that is truly where these lives begin to be transformed. That is truly where we begin to see families thriving. I have yet to come to church and during our little 10-minute greeting time run up to somebody and say, hey, how's your marriage doing? Can we talk about it real quick before I have to go up and give my message? Be like, Pastor Jason, don't ask me about my... This is awkward. This is not the place that all discipleship can happen. And if this is the only time you're connecting with fellow believers, then I'm challenging you there has to be more. There has to be more. You say, well, why do you have this 15-minute gathering time in the middle of church? So that you can connect with somebody. But not just so you can say hi and have the pleasantries of it's a beautiful day out there. Hopefully church doesn't go too long because I have to get my leaves picked up. Sorry. It always goes a little long. But that you say, what's that, sorry, not sorry. But that you say, you know what? I, God has just really placed you on my heart. Why don't we get together for a cup of coffee? You know what? Why don't our families get together? And let's have dinner together. You have to be intentional about building the relationships in your life. The enemy who roams around seeking whom may destroy, he goes after the ones that are on the outside. He goes after the ones that are on the outside. Do you know how many people, there are many churches, unfortunately, that still have not been gathering. Do you know that the rate of divorce, the rate of drug use, the rate of suicides, the ra all these rates are going up. They're skyrocketing because people aren't coming together in community with each other. 
The church is not being the church. We have to begin to gather outside of Sunday morning. And you don't need a small group to do it. You have my permission to go meet with somebody. Let's look at this scripture. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Thank you, Lord. And let us consider one another. Consider one another. I've said this last time. We don't come to church for what's in it for us. Come on. If, you're, if your sole thing about coming to church is what's in it for me, you know what will begin to happen? The seats aren't, they're, they're not comfortable enough for me. I don't like the lighting. I can't read certain things. These are all true statements. These are all things. I get it. And they're real. I don't like the way the music is played. I don't like how long it goes. But if you would begin to go to church with a different expectation of what can I put into church? What can I pour into the church? Who can I pray for today when I go, when I gather? It changes your whole perspective on church. This, this verse that I'm reading is full of one another's. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We are, when we are gathering, we are stirring up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Don't forsake getting together, as in the manner of some. But what? Exhorting one another. When should we be doing this? And so much more as you see the day approaching. What day? <laughs> what day? Jesus has returned. The day. This is saying that we need to be doing this even more. The more crazy it gets, the more we need to be focused on him and in the community that God has placed us in. Come on, guys. You cannot be out there on your own. If you're watching online, you cannot be out there on your own. I get you can't come maybe for some reason or your work or whatever, but don't just sit at home. Go find somebody and connect with them. Connect with other believers. Because it says one another. We're supposed to stir up love and of good works. We're supposed to exhort one another. All the more as we see the day approaching. I don't know about you, but I see the day approaching. Which says we need to be much more than a church that just on Sunday morning, you guys need to be connecting. You say, oh, well, Pastor Jason, you don't have the small group that meets exactly at my time and when I want to meet. Well, gather with somebody. And just because you're gathering with somebody doesn't mean I'm going to anoint you a small group leader immediately. There's a lot of requirements that go into leading a small group. There's all this, but that doesn't stop you from getting together and beginning to live life with one another. And begin to ask each other the tough questions. How is your marriage going? How is your parenting going? You don't need Sunday. Actually, it's hard to do that on Sunday morning. We need to get in each other's business. And I'll tell you what, most of us don't want that. Come on, I'm raising my hand. I'm just like, mm. I'm preaching to myself. But if I'm not held accountable by anyone, if no one's asking me questions, then I can just kind of skate by and put on my happy pants for a Sunday morning and put on my smile and my nice little purple shirt and put on my nice purple shirt and I come in and I smile and I greet everybody and then I walk away. And nobody knows what's really going on in my life. Church, the time is over where nobody knows what's going on in your life. 
This has to stop. It has to change. This can't happen. We can't reach a million people. If people aren't coming truth and coming honestly before him and repenting and walking in obedience and discipling one another. God won't do it. He won't, he won't give us a million souls until, we're, until the church begins to grow and is ready for the million souls. Because he wants them to be shepherd, shepherded. Liz and I went on a, uh, a pastor's retreat a few, uh, about a month ago or so, maybe a little bit longer, down in Virginia, and it was a wonderful time. It was a blessing to go. And somebody there made a comment to me. And I, I relate this to, you know, church, basically on a Sunday morning, or then us gathering as families together outside of church. He said this, he says, you know what, we spent two and a half days together, uh, a bunch of pastors together, two and a half days he said, he looked at me, he said, you know what? It would have taken 10 years, 10 years for me and you to develop the relationship that we did if we just went to church conferences and churches on Sunday morning. 10 years we accomplished in two and a half days of being together what would have taken 10 years of this just walking by each other saying hi as we come and as we go. I believe that God is calling us into community. I believe he's calling us to do life together. All the fancy words that you hear you know, people say. He is calling us to be in a community together. Because you guys, you can't do this alone. Those of you who have tried, doesn't work. It's hard to do this alone. We have to be in community with each other. So you say, well, I noticed a playground. Maybe you didn't notice. I noticed a playground doesn't have a lock on it anymore. And doesn't have no trespassing on it anymore. Guess what? That's intentional. That's so you can gather with another family and show up at Erie Christian Fellowship Church and get your kids on the playground. We are a church that's in the community and we are going to be for this community. We're going to be for this community right here. And I believe the Lord is stirring us up to do different things and God is continuing to reveal this. And as we go through the next couple weeks, I really believe God is going to begin to really show us what does this look like as a community. Jake, if you want to come up here. None of that can happen, guys, without this participation. You have to be willing to be vulnerable and be out there with somebody. And be pray, be led. You say, well, what, what's my next step? Pray. Ask God, is there someone here? Is there someone I know? Who is it that I need to start meeting with and getting connected with? Maybe it is one of the groups you need to go to. Maybe you just need someone that God has been putting on your heart over and over and over. And I can tell you what, if all of the men are saying there, it's Pastor Jason, you're not hearing right. <laughs> I'm serious. It's not all me. Each and every one of us has a part to play. And I believe that God is calling us all into this community. I want to end with this scripture here, if you want to turn with me. Boy, I missed a lot of my notes. Maybe we'll catch up with that next week. Galatians 6. Galatians 6, starting in verse 7. I just want to end with this this morning. I would end with this as encouragement. 
I know many of you are doing this. Many of you are connected. I know we could name off a couple families real quick of the ones who we would call in times of crisis or in times of need. And I realize that every single one of them resides in this church. Galatians 6, starting in verse 7, says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's my encouraging word to you guys this morning. Don't give up. Say, well, I tried to connect before. I tried a community before. Don't give up. God is calling each and every one of you to be connected with the body of Christ. Not to be alone. Not to be out there without any support system. But to be connected with fellow believers especially as these days, these last days, as the Bible says, that we can see them approaching. So you would close your eyes, bow your heads for a moment. You say, what, what can I do? You can pray. You can be obedient to that leading that God has already put in your heart of to go talk to someone. Maybe there's something you've been struggling in your life and you just, you need to open up and share with someone on what's going on. You keep your eyes closed. Men, I want to talk to you just for a minute. I don't know why it seems that sometimes it's more difficult, it's difficult for women too. But a lot of times, at least talking from personal, this is hard for us to go do like we've got it all together. But men, I'm challenging you this morning. It's time to open up about how we're really doing. And I can tell you men that when you meet Jesus, he's going to ask about your relationship with him. And those that are married, he's going to ask about how you treat and have treated your wife. He's going to ask how you treated your children. Did you nurture them? Did you lead them? Did you develop them? Long before, he's going to ask you whether you are a good employee for such and such a boss. And I'm preaching to myself, but sometimes I think we look to those outside of our family 
and worry or concern more about what they think than what about the people in our own family think. And my challenge to you men is it's time for you to step up to lead. But it's time to be vulnerable and to be open and say, I'm struggling. I need help. And I want to make an invitation here this morning. If there's anyone here at all who has not made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, or maybe previously did and has walked far away from that relationship with Him, I believe this morning that that relationship can be restored completely reconciled and made whole. That that hole in your heart, that longing for something that this world cannot give is the Holy Spirit tugging on you saying, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. That's you this morning with every head bowed, everyone's eyes closed, just slip your hand up if that's you this morning. be someone online if you're watching online and that's you I should encourage you today to say a short prayer and just to say Lord Jesus I receive you today as my Lord and Savior I believe you died on the cross paid the price for my sin and rose from the grave victorious so I can have a relationship with God. The Bible says that those who believe in their heart and speak with their mouth shall be saved. So Father, I receive your love today. I receive Jesus as my Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, maybe you're watching online for the first time, maybe you're here and you just whispered and didn't want to raise your hand, I encourage you, if you're here, to come see me afterwards. If you're online, just to call the church or email the church so we can follow up with you because it's so much more than just a prayer. So much more than a, this, uh, you know, a few sentences that we say, but it's a life that wants to be transformed. It's a life of discipleship and obedience to him and the changes that are sometimes very difficult in our life, but he wants the best for each and every one of us. So I'm going to close with this. This is our benediction this morning. Out of Colossians 1. Just receive this. Receive this, guys. And know as I read this that all comfort and peace come from him, from God alone. That he's still sovereign, he's still working. Jesus is still Lord, he is still king. 
We can stand on the word and the scripture. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Colossians 1 says this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving on our hearts. You are stirring us up to a deeper level of community, of relationship with each other. Father, you are stirring us into a new season in our lives. Father, lead us and guide us as we seek the relationships that you have ordained for us from the beginning of time. Father, I pray a strengthening over marriages, over families, over friendships. Father, we ask for more of you in every area of our life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Uh, you guys are dismissed. There are some prayer teams that will be up here. If you need prayer for anything at all, I just encourage you to come up and get prayer. Otherwise, yes, it is 70 degrees out there. Yes, it is still sunny. But you know what? It's all good. Go enjoy the rest of the day. Have an awesome afternoon. Love you guys.